Hi, I'm Dan Krikorian. And I'm Patrick Carney. And we're Slapping Glass. Welcome to Slapping Glass, where we explore basketball's best ideas, strategies, and coaches from around the world. Today is the second installment of The Extra Pass, a short, hyper-specific conversation centering around a single coaching or basketball topic with the aim of furthering understanding and stimulating coaching ideas on your midweek drive to the office. Joining us today on The Extra Pass is former podcast guest, Army Assistant Coach, Zach Beauvert. We dive into some of the more interesting and effective actions that teams are running on the three-man side within the European ball screen or flow motion offense. Along with this conversation, we also put together a joint compilation video breakdown and full newsletter showing and explaining these actions in greater detail. All of these can be found at slappingglass.com. And now, please welcome back to the podcast, Zach Bovert. Zach, great to have you back. Let's just get right into it. What are some things that you've seen on that three-man side that you like? You know, the first thing is on that three side, depending on the different coverages, stuff will materialize. And so, you know, first thing is like against an aggressive coverage. One point I love Ryan Pannone makes, and my guys sick of hearing me say this, but two quick passes beats any aggressive ball screen coverage. So if we're coming off that empty side pick and roll, you got to get that thing down to foul line extended because that ball, if it's too high, as you're coming off to that three and offense, just jams up that spacing. So one, get that thing foul line extended below. This is all Ryan Pannone right here. And the second thing is against that aggressive coverage. Remember, two quick passes beats any aggressive coverage. Being able to play that ball ahead to that high guy on the three side. And then the look I think is there is that guy catching high on the three side and then going over the top to the big. So you're going big to big, playing ahead, play quick. And the first guys I saw do that were Florida. So in our program, we call that Florida just because that's Billy Donovan playing big to big. And one thing that I think is important, again, to Ryan Pannone's point, two quick pass beats any aggressive ball screen coverage is that guy that catches that ball in that situation, the high guy, he's got to be quick with it. We always say we're putting two on the ball, we're moving the basketball, and then uh, what's the line from Captain Phillips? Uh, I'm the captain now. Like that guy that catches, he's now the decision maker, and now he's got to make the read. And we try to empower and weaponize that guy saying, if we play it quick to you, you are the decision maker. And that look is something that we look for off that three side about being able to throw it ahead to the big, big catching, and trying to go big to big right to that screener on that Florida pass. Just for clarification yeah. for me, that's the big to big kind of the high low look on the roll. It's a high low look. I think it's more like he's the guy hitting the roller. Yeah. I play, you know, as a guard, I'm throwing it ahead and that guy catches and he just catches it and it's right back and he's going bing, bing, 0.5. Nate Oates has a concept that I love. He calls it 2.5 basketball. They want to play 0.5 basketball, but if at any point they can string together two quick decisions, that for him is 2.5. And I love that concept. And right there, I'm coming off, I'm throwing a head to the high guy on the free side. And that guy hits the roll man on a high, low look, but it's more of a ping, ping pass to the roll man. 
What's the angle with that high guy? You want him in the slot? Obviously, I mean, assuming with the spacing. Again, we're going to talk about different ball screen coverages. I think in this situation, if you were playing an aggressive coverage, you want to get that guy high enough that you, he it's easy transportation, transportation of the basketball. So in that situation, we'd want to be high enough on the court that we can guarantee that pass. And that's a concept that Greg Popovich uses in his secondary action where he says the one spot they don't want to fight for positioning on is that weak side wing. And I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but I think this makes sense. And he says that weak side wing, we want you to be high enough that that ball flows freely through the trail. So if you need to go out to 30 feet to catch that ball, you need to go like, we just need you to be able to catch that basketball as soon as that guy's ready to throw it to you. Same kind of thing. Now you don't want to be too far out because if you're too far out, it takes away the angle to throw that pass. But a good aggressive coverage is going to put two on the basketball and they're going to take on that role, man. And they're going to try to choke out that quick pass. So you just need to be ready to get to a spot where you can catch that ball without them allowing to choke it out because against a good aggressive coverage, they're going to put two on the basketball. They're going to take away the role man and they're going to make you pay for putting three in a fence. And they're going to try to take away that next guy and really say, Hey, we're going to play two on one on the backside. So my point is that high guy on the three side against aggressive coverage needs to move high enough. I'm thinking a step out from the top of the key where he can catch that ball and be able to play quickly to the roller. All that goes in line with the next concept. The next thing I really like against an aggressive coverage with that three side hashtag nasty stuff. That's right. Is Loyola Chicago with Porter Moser will do. If you are going to play an aggressive coverage, you are going to have to pull that weak side guy on the weak side off the weak side corner. You're going to have to pull him all the way over to really. Uh, and it's fun seeing how aggressive teams will get. Some teams will put them in the charge circle and some real aggressive teams are coming all the way over to ball side block and really putting three guys on that ball side. And what Porter Moser will do is if you do that, They'll play ahead to that guy, high guy on the three side again, quick transport of the ball. And then they'll have created a two-on-one and that middle guy, again, weaponizing guys, screening in. Oftentimes, he ends up screening his own man, ends up screening in for that guy in the corner. So I play it ahead to the high guy on the three side. Middle guy screens his own man in, and then we're getting a shot for the weak side corner. I mean, that's something Porter Moser's done, and it, so really, uh, it's a it's an action I really like on that three side. The guy in the corner is he lifting at all, or is he staying in the corner? I think it's a little bit of feel thing. I think he's got to come up out of the corner a little bit, but I don't think he wants to come up too much. One concept I really like is the screener's butt tells you where you should be, and that angle is telling him you're adjusting where you're positioning by a little bit of where his butt is telling you to go because you want to sit right behind his butt a bit. Okay. Uh, but I do. I don't think it's a black or white thing. I think there's a little bit of gray area, and as a shooter, you got to feel a little bit of where can I get this shot off from. No, yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, this is an interesting concept we've seen too. With like when they bump with the high guy, the corner man will just basically go and like hostage yep. screen his guy, and then that corner, the forty-five will drift yeah. to like take away that second help. And Flip Saunders used to call that a sacrifice screen, uh, where you're screening your own man yeah. and it's it sacrificing. A concept I really like is, and Scott Morrison, assistant coach with the Boston Celtics, kind of got me thinking about this one. And he said, on pick and roll or penetration, if your man's in help, you should be cutting. And then as we, you know, we have some guys that teams will play off of. And, you know, because they're not great catch-shoot players. And so something I've been thinking about a little bit is, 
your man's in help cut, you're, you should be cutting. And if your man's in help in a non-traditional way, so say like in that situation, you should be ready to be a screener on that cut. So like in that situation, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm talking about is you're cutting into a screen as your man sinks into help. And sometimes as we kind of progress on this loyal concept, they play a guy who doesn't shoot great. And what they found out is even if he is that middle guy on that three side, his man oftentimes will be the guy taking on the role man. And because that's non-traditional help scheme, again, they're trying to punish a non-shooter. And now he says, all right, I'm now going to go be a screener. And they'll work to try to get that guy in that middle spot where he can, they can weaponize him as a screener. And again, I think that's such an important concept about weaponizing and empowering your players and leveraging what the defense is doing against that defense. Love that action. I know we've shared some of that film and whatnot where, you know, the 45 or the wing guy is screening in as it's being reversed to the trail man or the opposite big. But then there's also been some great stuff where they're using that opposite big to burn cut into screens or pin downs or flares. And so maybe this is where yeah. transitioning to some of your other stuff. It's a great point. So Colorado State does this really well. And that Loyola concept, again, about pinning in that bottom guy, that same thing can be done against a softer coverage as well. And this Colorado State action that you're talking about is another great one against soft coverage where you take that high guy on the three side and you burn him, you basket cut him to the rim and you lift up the two lower guys. But as I back cut, as I burn cut down the lane line, I am setting a flare and I'm screening in and I'm trying to screen that guy in on the weak side. And really, you end up getting the same look that the previous concept talked about with screening that bottom guy in, but you get it in a different way. So now I'm back cutting, burn cutting the guy down the lane line, and he's turning into a flare and trying to create something on the weak side. And another thing that does is against a softer coverage, that burn cut, it again, it removes the help from the nail. The battle for the nail seems like a bigger concept maybe five years ago in the NBA, but again, that battle for the nail, the defense is going to hold that nail. Let's cut him out of that situation. Back to that Scott Morrison point. My man's in help. I should be cutting. If they're hugging that nail, I'm going to burn cut it. I'm going to move him off the nail. And then as he settles in the paint, I'm going to try to screen my teammate in on the weak side. After he burn cuts and flares, is he screening in on the wingman's defender or the cornerman's defender in that action? It's the corner defender. But in a lot of these, you're going to end up screening sometimes your own man. But, you know, I think they're, you know, more often than not, it's going to be that corner guy with that same concept about burning that guy two teams that do some cool stuff is Colgate and Lipscomb. They'll do the same thing. Now Lipscomb will burn that guy all the way through to the weak side. And now we're going to get into some Danny green cuts that, you know, the Spurs really gave the NBA trouble with the heat back in the day in the 2014 finals. They'll burn that guy out and bring him all the way back around a ball side corner. Again, high guy cuts down the lane line and then empties that back out the ball side corner. And again, it's moving a guy behind the ball screen and that can cause all kinds of havoc there on your ball string coverage. Colgate will cut actually both those top two guys and then bring them out the same side. And essentially they're going to really challenge. If you're going to try to zone up that three man side, we're going to move a bunch of cutters through that and try to see how well can you communicate all that movement through that zone up. Again, all of it comes down to cutting that high guy on that three side. And you know, if you want to cut them into a screen, you want to cut them back out to uh, loop back around ball side, or do you just want to get movement through that zone up on the weak side like Colgate will do? 
you know, speaking of kind of attacking that corner defender who's usually going to sink in for the role. And if it is a soft coverage, I seen a Lithuanian team. Will they burn cut the 45 guy? So he burn cuts and clears out. And then that the big, the slot, he goes and almost, you know, maybe he screens his man yeah. or sets a pin down. So that corner guy who became like the help, the tagman is now, you know, his second help's been vacated out and he's all of a sudden now being hit in the primary action. And, and it's really good. And what it does is it's like any of this stuff. It's stress test their coverage and their communication, both within that coverage and the movement, different actions. All right. How well are they going to cut? How well does their coverage work? And then how well are they ready to communicate some of this stuff out? And I think the best teams a little bit is it's not set calls. It's reads and it's, you know, guys, again, empowering your players to make decisions depending on what the defensive coverage is and how much they're helping or not helping. Zach, a teaching point on this. I think sometimes it's hard when a guard comes off, say the empty side ball screen towards the middle, and there's all sorts of cutting action going on. The balance of them staying aggressive to try to still get downhill to score and also read a lot of cutting going on. And I know you teach a lot of this stuff. How do you help these guys understand the balance of be aggressive, but also look for all these options that are happening. I think it starts before the pick and roll. Steve Clifford's got a great line. What starts screwed up and screwed up. So it starts in the, before the pick and roll. We need to be properly spaced because if we don't have great spacing, if Patrick and I are on the weak side and he's in the corner and I'm on the wing, but we're really not because he's two steps out of the corner and I'm one step lower than I should be. And now we can hold hands. Hey, the goal of offense spacing, Jay Laranega, what is offense spacing? Offense spacing is not letting one guy do two things at once. Not letting one guy guard two people. Let, you know, that's offense spacing. So it starts with our the particulars of our spacing about are we in the right spots to begin with? Are we in a spot where one guy can guard the two of us? So that's the start of it. And then the second layer of it is just understanding things conceptually. Where are we at in terms of how is the defense guarding our pick and roll? And what do we want out of it? And I think just having an understanding on a team-wide basis, that understanding of what we're trying to get out of that pick and roll, because the one aspect that I think uh, European, inter- and I'll say international, everyone loves to say European, international basketball, Argentina, you know, in their gold medal would have something to say with me saying European basketball. <laughs> international basketball, the reason they were so far ahead of us in pick and roll was one, they saw things as 10-man operations, not a two-man action like we see we see pick and roll in, in America. Now we're getting better with it. International basketball, 10-man operations, seeing all the guys move. And the other thing is that they do in international hoops is they understand the guy with the basketball isn't the only player making decisions. The guy with the ball is making decisions, the screen is making decisions, and these other three guys are not in the pick and roll are making decisions. And just understanding what we're trying to accomplish conceptually is important. Being in the right space in the start is being important. And then using what the defense is doing against them by where they are in help and using those guys as cutters and as screeners to understand that it's a balance and it's chemistry and it takes time yeah. for guys to understand is, are we cutting too much? Are we spacing? Too, are we not cutting enough? And we're just spacing and it's easy for one to guard two. I mean, finding a mix in between that's important. Zach, I got a question for you. I, you know, when I watch these films and <laughs> I'm always looking to see the second side action. So then like Dan said, when they attack off the first side, I mean, it drives me nuts. Cause I'm like, okay, maybe we'll do something new, but what I've noticed, and, and I'm curious if maybe you think it's a philosophy, but I feel like sometimes those teams will just switch that first screen and be like, Hey, go ahead, stay on this one side. 
and try to attack on this one side because, you know, then they switch and they think, well, let's try to get to this mismatch now. But really what they're doing is not moving the ball at all. It's sticking on one side and they're just trying to mismatch hunt. Of course, if you have the personnel, it's teams will do it. But I feel sometimes too, like they just say, hey, we don't want you to get this pretty ball movement or this 10-man game. We're going to switch it and yeah, throw it in the post and see what happens. We have three guys lined up on the backside. You know, your question's really good in that. How early do you want to mismatch on? You know, are, are we trying to attack? If they do switch that, are we going right into our switch attack right there? Like, is are we stopping what we're doing? Yeah. Are we driving? Are we dribbling the ball back over, trying to post it, trying to skip weak side, trying to boomerang it back? Like, how quickly do we go into that? And I think, again, it's having an idea of your offensive rhythm about what you're looking for. You know, is that a good enough mismatch? Or do we move the ball ahead and to use a Steve Kerr term? Just let that switch come out in the wash. Hey, let's let's not try to attack that switch mm-hmm. on the first side. Let's move the ball ahead. Let's keep them moving, and let's see if we can attack that switch in the wash as now they're ready to guard pick and rolls with guys in help spots, in covered spots they're not necessarily used to. And those are two different philosophies, and you just have to figure out which one fits you the best, but also which one, you know, are you guys all on the same page? Because if we're all going in the right direction, it might not be the cleanest schematically, we're all going in the right direction. We'll, we can figure it out. Zach, so we've talked about, you know, a lot of concepts. Any, like, I guess, sets or other twists or variations you're seeing on that three-man side that you like? Yeah, you know, going all the way back to, I think it was the 2013 finals. Zach Lowe, remember, really, you know, really uh, popularized the concept and he called it the, the Danny Green cut, whereas it was simply against the Miami Heat's aggressive coverage, San Antonio bringing that guy, bring a guy on the weak side corner, just all the way through to ball side corner behind the pick and roll. And again, just distorting and and throwing a wrench just in that ball string coverage. That's something that I would bring up. And, you know, the concept hasn't quite taken off because I think your point is really would need to operate more as a set play. There would need to be a call. But that idea of bringing that low man on the weak side all the way through back to ball side corner, because what his man is doing, he has that rim coverage. And now all of a sudden, he's now guarding the shake guy. He's now guarding the guy behind the pick and roll. And those are really two tough spots to you know be yeah. two places in once. And that's where you saw that Danny Green cut really cause havoc for the heat. It's been used at times in college basketball as well in the time since. And you know, what's going to be great, guys, is, uh, you know, w- you know, you guys are going to post a kind of compilation of all these concepts where guys will get a chance not just to listen to us us three nerd out about it, but we'll <laughs> get a chance to see that stuff. And that Danny Green concept's one that you're like, well, that sounds weird. Does he get in the way of the role, man? And then you you watch Danny Green shoot three three-pointers with no one within 25 feet of him, and you're like, oh, maybe that's a good concept because <laughs> yeah, those, those are good shots. When you're getting a, you know, a guy <laughs> shooting a three with no one within 25 feet, it's a good shot. Yeah. You know, that, that Popovich guy seems to know what he's doing over there. Yeah, he might have a career. <laughs> Pat, there was there's an option that we were talking about we had seen recently that we liked as well. Yeah, we saw one. They hit the slot guy, and then both the 45 and corner guys cut. Now, the 45 guy, is, it's a burn cut. He's kind of clearing out. That corner guy basically cuts to the block. So then we'll have the video so people can see it. The slot guy kind of dribbles to the 45, both the cuts. He kicks it back to the other big who's refilled up after his roll. And then he goes right into the pin down with that corner guy who cut to the block and coming back out. Great action as shades. Uh, that's an automatic 
within Australia's flow motion yeah. of any time on that side if you're denied on that. And now they'll do it. What they're doing is you're kind of morphing that. They, you know, this is a two-side automatic for Australia. If I catch the ball as the post, as a screener, and there's a guy in the weak side corner, I dribble at him. If he's denied, we're trying to go back door. If he's not available back door, other bigs lifting up on the, on the next side. They're reversing mm-hmm. the ball there right into pin down and automatic. And again, what this all gets down to is what's next and how quickly can we get to that? That's basketball, man. All right. Don Meyer, next best action. Yeah. NBA, next best action. How quickly can we get to next? How can we keep the defense moving and keep making decisions and keep executing coverages? Let's get to next. Just get to the next thing. How quickly can we do it? All these are just examples of, all right, we made the defense guard something on one side of the floor. How can we make them pay for that? And then how quickly can we get to the next action and the next phase of our offense? Zach, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this with you, as the flow motion offense has made its way more and more into the United States, into college basketball, you know, the defenses have adjusted and gotten more used to guarding the kind of normal flow motion offense. And so now it's fun to see these variations of the offense now responding with you know, using the burn cuts or using that opposite slot big as more of a screener. And it's fun to see kind of the development of the offense because of the defense getting more used to guarding it. And your point's good. And there are so many fun ball screen motion specials, flow specials that you can get on that three side. Yeah. Quinn Snyder will, you know, back cut that 45 guy into the UCLA that he gets for Rudy yep. Gobert. And, yeah. you know, or in so many guy, you know, misdirection screen outs and great stuff. So the point is, as you're seeing, guys are getting creative because, how, how you know, we're in this formation. How can we find jump shots and layups for our guys where the defense might think it's just going side to side? All right, boom, now we're into an action. And, and the defense was just playing it as the ball was moving side to side. And I think that's what the good ball screen motion, flow motion coaches in America have done. Thank you so much for tuning in and please make sure to check out the video and our newsletter for more details on these three-man actions. Have a great week coaching and we'll see you next time on Slapping Glass.